Hello, City Church. Welcome to City Church Together for Tuesday, February 8th. Today, we're going to be doing a Hear Journal for Genesis 41, part of your daily Bible reading on the City Church app. Genesis 41. We'll have to dip into a little Genesis 40, what you read yesterday, but hopefully this will be helpful to us all. So let's start at Genesis 41, continuing in the story of Joseph. This is before he met Mary. No, different Joseph, Old Testament Joseph. All right, here we go. At the end of two years, Pharaoh had a dream. He was standing beside the Nile when seven healthy-looking, well-fed cows came up from the Nile and began to graze among the reeds. After them, seven other cows, sickly and thin, came up from the Nile and stood beside those cows along the bank of the Nile. The sickly, thin cows ate the healthy, well-fed cows. Then Pharaoh woke up. He fell asleep and dreamed a second time. Seven heads of grain, plump and good, came up on one stalk. After them, seven heads of grain, thin and scorched by the east wind, sprouted up. The thin heads of grain swallowed up the seven plump, full ones. Then Pharaoh woke up, and it was only a dream. When morning came, he was troubled. So he summoned all the magicians of Egypt and all its wise men. Pharaoh told them his dreams, but no one could interpret them for him. Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, Today, remember my faults. Oh, excuse me. Today, I remember my faults. Pharaoh was angry with his servants, and he put me, the chief baker, in the custody of the captain of the guards. He and I had dreams on the same night. Each dream had its own meaning. Now a young Hebrew, a slave of the captain of the guards, was with us there. We told him our dreams. He interpreted our dreams for us, and each had its own interpretation. It turned out just the way he interpreted them to us. I was restored to my position, and the other man was hanged. Then Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and they quickly brought him from the dungeon. He shaved, changed his clothes, and went to Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I've had a dream, and no one can interpret it. But I have heard it said about you that you can, have a, uh, that you can hear a dream and interpret it. I am not able to, Joseph answered. Pharaoh, it is God who will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, uh, in my dream, I was standing on the bank of the Nile when seven well-fed, healthy-looking cows came up from the Nile and grazed among the reeds. And then he continues on with the dream as he just did. Then jo- and then verse 25, then Joseph said to Pharaoh, Pharaoh's dreams mean the same thing. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years. Seven good heads are seven years. The dreams mean the same thing. The seven thin sickly cows that came up after them are seven years, and the seven worthless scorched heads of grain are seven years of famine. It is just as I told Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Seven years of great abundance are coming throughout the land of Egypt. After them, seven years of famine will take place, and all the abundance in the land of Egypt will be forgotten. The famine will devastate the land. The abundance in the land will not be remembered because of the famine that follows it. For the famine will be very severe. Since the dream was given twice to Pharaoh, it means that the matter has been determined by God, and he will carry it out soon. So now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this. Let him appoint overseers over the land and take a fifth of the harvest of the land of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. Let them gather all the excess food during these good years that are coming. Under Pharaoh's authority, store the grain in the city so they may preserve it as food. The food will be a reserve for the land during the seven years of famine that will take place in the land of Egypt. Then the country will will not be wiped out by the famine. The proposal pleased Pharaoh and all his servants. And he said to them, Can we find anyone like this, a man who has God's spirit in him? So Pharaoh said to Joseph, 
since God has made all this known to you, there is no one as discerning and wise as you are. You will be over my house and all my people will obey your commands. And that is the word of the Lord from Genesis 41. All right. What verse do I want to highlight? Um, I want to, uh, I, I suppose the verse that I want to highlight is the last one that I read there, which is um, Pharaoh's saying, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one as discerning and wise as you are. You'll be over my house. What got us to that verse? Well, the first thing I want to do as we explain this is run back into chapter 40 and look at the conversation that Joseph initially has in the dungeon with the cupbearer, all right? With the cupbearer. So the cupbearer has a dream, Joseph sitting in the dungeon with him, and Joseph interprets a dream for the cupbearer. The cupbearer absolutely loves his interpretation of the dream because it says you're going to get out of the dungeon, you're going to go back to cupping ceremonies with the king. I don't think that's what it was, but, you know, it's a coffee thing. Jacob loves to do them, all right? Uh, he's lo- he, Jacob loves to like, you know, taste the notes of rubber hose and whatever else goes into it. I, I, I'm tasting the inside of a, I'm getting the inside of a tennis ball right now. Getting notes of fried chicken, right, inside the coffee, right? Okay. Is there anything more pretentious than a cupping ceremony? All right. Anyway, back on track. Uh, my apologies once again. I extend them to you. Here is, look at verse 14. This is interesting. This is what Joseph says to the cupbearer. He says, when all goes well for you, Remember that I was with you. Please show kindness to me by mentioning this to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. Now, here's the reason I bring that verse up. I bring that verse up because it shows that Joseph, in in case you see Joseph as just a sort of stoic figure that just takes the punches and, oh, well, I was thrown in a pit. Oh, well, I was thrown into slavery. Oh, well, I was unjustly accused of uh, sexual assault and now I'm sitting in a dungeon. Oh, well, the cupbearer got out and he forgot all about this while he was drinking wine and tasting notes of rubber hose and inner tennis ball. Oh, well, yeah, that's sometimes how I can see Joseph because he seems sort of so happy-go-lucky and roll with the punches. But this, this plea that he gives, please remember me that I was with you and get me out of this prison, shows his longing for it. Man, I would really like to not have all this bad stuff happen to me. Like we've read in Job, and you know we're seeing some of that come off in Job in our other readings. Notice the word remember, and notice the phrase, I was with you, okay? All throughout Joseph's story, you may be noticing, and, and I would encourage you to take a pen as you read through Joseph's story, maybe go back to the previous chapters, and look at the number of times, actually don't look at the number of times, circle, when, uh, because it won't tell you, it doesn't say, here's the number of times, so, but circle each and every time the scripture mentions that the Lord was with Joseph. In other words, what we talked about together as a church, presence, presence. Often presence is talked about as the Lord remembering us. It'll say things like the Lord remembered Joseph or the Lord remembered Israel. The Lord remembered his people. Okay, so remembrance is associated with presence. And we've talked about that when uh, a couple of weeks ago when in this sermon we talked about scripture prayer and how prayer is is more than just sort of listing off. It, it, it's acknowledging God's presence such that it changes the way that you are. Well, this is the kind of presence that Joseph was practicing. The Lord was with him. He was aware of God's presence, so he didn't freak out. He did have desires, 
but he knew that the Lord was with him, and that made a difference to the people around him. Now, look at the juxtaposition. Joseph is forgotten by the cupbearer, but he is remembered by God. And all of that ends up working out for the salvation of many people because Joseph is ultimately elevated when the cupbearer later remembers his faults and remembers Joseph. But it is the presence of God with Joseph that makes a difference, listen to me, in the long run. Think about Joseph's opportunity in the dungeon when the cupbearer doesn't remember him to say, oh, yeah, Lord, a lot of good you do being with me. No, no, no. It is the presence of God with Joseph that at the end, Pharaoh ends up saying, after he interprets his, that's how Joseph interprets the dreams, is having the presence of God with him. In fact, Joseph makes a point in the reading today that we did. No, 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 I don't interpret dreams. God interprets your dreams through me. And then we end up with Pharaoh, this pagan figure, so noticing the spirit of God dwelling in and around Joseph that he knows this is a wise person. All right, let's apply this. This is the reason that we engage in spiritual disciplines. We are seeking to be more aware of God's presence because when we are aware of God's presence, it makes a difference to the people around us. It makes a difference to us. It makes a difference to how we act. It makes a difference to how we talk. It makes a difference to how we feel. And when that happens, God works through us to the people and the environments around us such that we are a blessing and that God can use us in ways that when we cut ourselves off from his presence with bitterness or revenge or finger pointing or blame, that God does not use us. But the key here is presence. So even when others forget you, like the cupbearer did to Joseph, you still have the opportunity to be present with God as he is present with you, and that in the long run will make all the difference. All right, City Church, let's be silent now and pray. Our Father, for City Church, for the people of this church, and for all those who are listening, bring your presence to the forefront of our minds always. Father, when we don't feel like continuing in spiritual disciplines, like reading scripture and and prayer and um, being hospitable to others, um, Sabbathing, Lord, when we don't feel like doing those things, remind us that we are creating opportunities to be present with you. And ultimately, That will be how you use us in the world. Ultimately, that will be how your love flows through us us to others. So even in the short term, when we feel forgotten, when we feel that injustice has come against us, I mean, like, like Job, God, give us a commitment to honoring your presence. We know you are with us, Father. Help us to be with you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. City Church, go and multiply the gospel.